0: welcome back to would you gaming man there has been a lot going on in gaming as of late we had a couple of presentations last week one from sony one from nintendo the one from nintendo definitely stood out in my opinion but sony's was nothing to sneeze at either showing off a little bit of their upcoming ip's some stuff to be excited around right around the corner with them but i wanted to discuss with you guys today a game that came out towards the end i think it was the end of last month beginning of this month it was Sea of Stars, a title that I had been excited for, looking forward to, beautiful pixel art style, retro title, they say inspired by Chrono Trigger, but myself having never played those titles, I'm not sure exactly what that means, other than maybe the art style, the stories and everything, because it was, it kind of shares some of the similar themes here. I want to take an opportunity though, to discuss with you guys what I thought of the game, I actually finished that, I picked it up. When it first came out, I had the PSN credits, thankfully, and I want to discuss that with you all. But first and foremost, if you if you are new here to Gaming, thank you for checking us out, giving us the opportunity to take up some of your time as we discuss something that we're very passionate about here, video games, of course. And if you're returning, thank you for sticking around thus far as we ramble on about titles that we love, games that we like, that might have been excited for, came out, didn't live up to stuff, anything in that spectrum. So diving right into things, this year was really packed out with game releases. You might find yourself playing a smorgasbord of different games and genres throughout this year. For me, I had a different perspective on it. And yes, I played quite a bit of what has been released this year, though not all of it. Nonetheless, it seems like all year long I have been playing one large RPG after another. started off the year with... Persona 4, Golden being re-released finally onto other platforms outside the PSP and Steam. And that came out on the Nintendo Switch and everything else across the board. I need to return to that at some point. I've not finished it yet, but it took up a good chunk of my time. And of course, February dropped Octopath Traveler 2. And the sequel that lived up and basically surpassed its predecessor. The the original came out of nowhere and much like it a sequel just stole the show during that time in my opinion. Of course, I played some I played some of I played Tears of the Kingdom, of course, Advanced Wars and too many titles to name to be honest. But then the latest title to completely consume me in the cycle dropped at the end of August. I'm talking about, of course, Sea of Stars, the first outing of this type from the developer, the developer of the Messenger Sabotage Games, a title that was basically it's like a 2D scroller uh slash 'em up title. You had to take on different different puzzles, environmental puzzles, to make it through parts of the map, of course, and then in, in midway it opened up into a... Metroidvania-type game, where it had 16-bit gra- or graphics on par with the SNES, I should say. The title, The Sea of Stars, is so much more than I expected when I first dived into it. I finished the eShop demo some time ago, and I was very impressed with the active combat in particular. Active combat, the art style, little catchy music, it kind of drew me in. I was like, you know, this would probably be a very good game when it comes out. And it has, of course, all the mainstays of your RPGs. You have main characters destined for greatness. Tragic event in the past that causes our protagonist to be wary and to not want to put others in harm's way. A quirky entourage of characters. A story with beautiful pixel art world to explore with many different puzzles and challenges for you to take on if you want to experience everything. While they might not be the most difficult puzzles at times, some took me a, a moment or two and I, I had to use a guide to see how to start one or two just because I had an oh, I'm an idiot moment where I wasn't standing at the right angle of something or trying to do something particular a particular way and just one of those moments there. The Meat and Potatoes of the Sea of Stars sees you exploring different areas, gaining new abilities to traverse the world around you and solving puzzles that it presents all in an effort to progress the story you gain abilities such as the ability to release a burst of air from your fist which can be used to kind of push larger blocks around and move yourself around as well if you're on like a raft there's get a grappling hook which can be used to traverse to grapple specific grappling points not everywhere and there will be enemies that are like across chasms that you normally wouldn't be able to reach you have to grapple them, the secret hidden things, of course. You know, the, all of those wonderful things. You also get the ability to change the time of day from night to day. There are puzzles that have light that reflect out of them. You have to rotate the, basically on counterclockwise or clockwise to make it point in a specific direction. You unlock fast travel points, a ship that allows you to sail to various locations and eventually the ability to fly fly around and reach previously unaccessible areas the fast travel points are very specific there are about four of them and they take you to specific other locations three other specific locations from themselves i believe total on the uh, another portion of the game there's another system of that as well when you're not in a specific location you're on an overworld map similar to a game board. You travel around and enter locations off your ship from this in the overworld. Combat and Sea of Stars slowly unlocks as you're playing, giving you one smaller feature at a time, building into a somewhat complex system. For those of you who may have played the game or are familiar with the system, bear with me, as honestly, this is mostly for those who are on the fence who want an idea of what they're getting to if they're planning to purchase if they don't have game pass or playstation plus premium. Your melee attacks build your combo meter and generate live mana which can be left on the field until ready to use. Up to three charges can this can be on the field at a time and can be used to charge an action whether that be healing or a melee attack itself up to three levels. You have your magic attack and abilities which when used build up your ultimate bar and ultimate bar unlocked later in the game. Each of your party has their own ultimate ability unlocked at differing times in the story and game. For the longest you'll only have Sarai and Rashan's ultimate but as you get closer to the end of the game you will eventually unlock everyone's ultimate. The ultimates are just a whole different ball game altogether. Think of the magic and attacks in Golden Sun versus the summons you could use in those games. They're cinematic over the top and just fun to watch play out as they deal massive damage to the enemies. There is active attacking and blocking, meaning you can add additional swings and damage to attacks or mitigate some of the damage taken from an enemy attack by a well-timed button press. The combat may seem somewhat trivialized by the fact that after three turns any downed teammates are revived, but it can be challenging at times even with this feature. I had a couple of battles where I did have to continue with some of the battles offering a challenge unless you played carefully. Be warned, I went back through and removed many of the details that were spoilers for the following section, but there will be some story spoilers for those who care about that sort of thing. You start off your story as either Zell or Valer, though it doesn't really matter who you choose as youngsters who along with your best friend Garl admire and look up to the Solstice Warriors, Brugraves, and Erlina. They hope to one day join their order and train to become mighty Solstice Warriors just like them. And Eventually an accident occurs, injuring Garl, but resulting in Zell and Valer being inducted into the order. Years pass and our heroes set out to defeat the last known dweller, in an attempt to purge the world of the Fleshmancer's evil. This can only be done during an eclipse, as the Dwellers are much too powerful, and even with this aid, the Last Cleansing saw the death of most of the Order of the Solstice Warriors. As you would expect, everything does not go according to plan, and the Dweller of Strife, the Dweller that cost so many Solstice Warriors their lives, is set to be revived. Former allies betray you, and the Order and make a deal in order to achieve freedom ironically. Our heroes must set out in order to find a way to deal with this last threat since the next eclipse is not going to occur for some time. As you explore, it is eventually revealed that along with the Fleshmancer, there is a good alchemist by the name of Rashan. He directs our party where they must go, and even joins your party after you've completed some tasks for him. Rashan seeks to give Zell and Valera an opportunity to free their world from the Fleshmancer's grip. He is bound by rules and only able to help in certain ways, being unable to battle Dwellers himself due to these rules. After making all preparations, you finally make your way to take on the Dweller of Strife in an attempt to finally rid the world of the Fleshmancer's influence. When you face the Dweller, our heroes are not strong enough. Resulting in girl throwing Rashan's flask at the dweller, causing the fleshmancer himself to show up. He demands retribution from Rashan, stating an eye for an eye, meaning he intends to harm or kill one of Rashan's pieces. Having paid a hefty price, you'll finally make your way to the Sea of Stars, which it turns out is a way to access the multiverse. You'll land in an alternate reality that one of our party members is originally from, revealing an even larger twist. Everyone in this reality is converted into a cyborg, removing their humanity. The world is at the mercy of the Fleshmancer in this dimension, with the sun blocked out by a machine creating artificial clouds and the moon having been sunk into the ocean. Things look truly bleak, but our heroes manage to stop the cloud machine and defeat the dweller. Finally, our heroes make their way to the Fleshmaster Sky Base in order to take on the Fleshmaster. But at the end, he will not relent and says battling people such as us is beneath him leaving his champion to deal with us. Once you defeat the Fleshmaster's champion, Rashan shows up telling the Flesh Master that it's time to go since you've won, and per their rules, he must seed this world. You'll then proceed to play a Smup game to take down a dweller for embarking on a journey to purge other worlds of this evil. Finally, you get one of the two endings, but must go back and collect all rainbow conches and do a couple of other things for the true ending and the true endgame boss. I actually have done that myself. i Went through it took me a bit of time. I have over forty hours in the game at this point. Managed to get all the conches that took forever. There is one hidden that no guides seemed to mention. I spotted it on a Reddit post, thank God. Because I had given up. I thought there was a bug. I was like, my God, that we have this. I'm I'm here because I'm I'm going for the plat, to be honest with you, I'm going for the platinum. And I was thinking, man, it is I am right here at the precipice of this. And I can't do it because of a bug. Thankfully, found that. Have the secret ending now. I've got to go back and do some other stuff still. I'm not done by a long shot. I won't tell you what the true ending is and ruin that for you. It's very heartwarming, though, and touching. And you can probably guess what it is from this point. The music is topped here in this where I'll be humming the music myself, it's just stuck in my head, man. It's, it's, very, it's very catchy and well composed, I will say that. The character sprites and artwork are just phenomenal. It's unique enough in design and mannerisms. I would say at this point the game is probably an 8, 8.5. Close to a 9 out of 10, I do have some qualms with the title. It's not perfect, but it is very, very close. If they tweaked two or three things in this, it would be a 10 out of 10 game for me. There are countless hidden bosses and additional contents once you finish the main title. There's plenty on offer in Sea of Stars, that is for sure. I only have a few qualms, as I said, that are even worth mentioning. The game has some difficulty spikes in one portion, one part of the story in particular, where they split up the party. They had a Rashawn clone with everybody and just a single party member. Zell was up first, and that, that portion took me forever. I don't know if I was underleveled or what was going on there, but that portion, my God, I was, I was not having a good time. I struggled, and I finally made it through somehow, thank goodness. It can be difficult to navigate some areas at a time, downright disorienting. I feel that a local map would have served this game well. There is an overworld map. You can look at the map when you're in the overworld. When you're local, you just kind of figure it out. For instance, at the end of the game, you you have to go to a specific area to activate a machine. You can't activate that machine unless you make it over there. It took me forever to find that thing. Oh, the combat, the combat. The combat at the end of the game. There's no run button. There needs to be a run button. Also, I'm pretty sure in other RPGs, I think even in Super Mario RPG on the the Super Nintendo, once you got to a high level, if the enemies were lower level than you, they ran from you. This one you'll go back to an old area because you have to go back to an old area because you're inevitably going to forget a conch somewhere there. So you have to go back... You know where this chest is, but there's about three sets of enemies in between you and this chest. In other RPGs, they would run from you. This one, they run at you, even though they one shot. I just make that, make that, give me a run button, or even better yet, if I'm over leveled, if I'm a level or two over what they could take on, make them run away from me. That's my advice, and I hope they do that. Possibly in any future titles, they might do. There are some reskinned enemies, but you're going to have that. It wasn't so bad, it wasn't very prevalent, but I did notice at one point the uh, Ice DJ Yeti was the Earth Golem DJ. Either way. Finally, I ran into a couple of graphical and even one glitch that caused my game to freeze. The visual glitch that I remember, I had Rashawn swimming and I lowered the water in an area. And he was still swimming in the air. It was no big deal. <laughs> it was just funny to see. The glitch that aggravated me and made me restart the game on an earlier save point, losing a little bit of progress. It froze and just continually played a door opening animation after I did a light puzzle. I was at a solstice shrine and finished a puzzle, only for it to freeze on the door. And not let me do anything else. I heard the noise continually, like the grind of the door closing, but that was it. It's only happened to me once in 40 hours, so I say I'm fortunate in that regard. And it's very uncommon, I would say. It was easy enough to repeat the steps I'd already done a couple of minutes earlier. As you can tell, there's more positive than negative by a lot by more than a little bit. I'm quite impressed with Sea of Stars. For devs' first outing in this genre of game and everything, I believe they knocked it out the park. If Sabotage Games keeps the titles going and makes it a series, I'll be all for it and look forward to seeing what's new next time around, what more they can throw at us. Because imagine, this was this was a Kickstarter. you got to remember, this was a Kickstarter game. And I think it's, it's well into the 80s at this point. This Metacritic score is currently in the high 80s. So it's done phenomenally well. The developers obviously knew what they were doing, what they wanted, and they had a clear vision for what they wanted to put out to the public. I think they did a bang-up job here, especially for the price point. What was it, 30, 40 bucks at the most? That's, that's, that's crazy, man. I need I need to get a physical copy of this for the future because I only have the digital. The physical did not release alongside that, just so you know you can buying on play asia there are a couple other places play asia's artwork is a lot better the the japanese artwork for this just smokes that american one by a long shot By the u.s one it just it's not a competition at all i wanted to talk to you guys though about this let you know what i thought about this phenomenal game i sank a lot of time into this i've been i put down armor core for this a lot a lot's been going on here. I got a PS5. I've upgraded some things. I've got that patch going for a couple of games as we speak. Cyberpunk twenty seven seven DLC release. We had Pokemon Scarlet and Violet DLC. Played a little bit of that. Haven't finished it yet. Not necessarily gonna give my thoughts on it. It's good. I will just say it's good. But anyways, wanted wanted to holler at you guys. Put this out here. I hope you enjoy. Let us know what we can do to improve. Follow us on all of our social platforms, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. Thank you guys for tuning in. Peace.